Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, good evening, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. You know, uh, we're talking about these things. Have, have you? Uh, I'd like to know honestly. Uh, your, your comments are always welcome. How are you? How are you feeling in the midst of all this craziness? Uh, how are you processing all this? I want to talk a little bit about some uh, historical perspective here about political prosecution of enemies. Uh, Fannie Willis, have a little uh, few details here you might not have heard about her. Put all this in context, this nonsense coming out of Georgia. And then just some overall reflections on these four indictments. Uh, it just taken as a whole and the, pro the, per the persecution, prosecution slash persecution of the man in the photo here behind me. Uh, this is, uh, and it's not, you know, the attacks on him are attacks on us. And that's why I ask you, how are you dealing with all of this because we should be insulted we should feel hurt we should feel offended it is an offense against us and everything that we believe in and stand for I want to deal with all of that and I want to put it in the context as we always do of the Word of God a particularly important passage here from the first letter of Peter that I want to start with and uh, you know a lot of people are talking about all this I find that I, I find that to put my mind around all this and to digest it, to get the appropriate response, requires just I find myself going back and back again and again, going over it and over it. I, 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 I don't get tired of hearing about this because I, I feel like, gee, this is something, there's so many tentacles to it, there's so many aspects to it, it's so complex and at the same time, it's very simple. And yet, you know you have to digest it and you know every different person that you listen to, you get a little more insight or a little extra piece of information from another angle and that's what I try to do. I think that's what we're all trying to do is try to piece together an understanding of this and that's why we need to get together on programs like this and so many other great programs. We're great commentators. I learn from them. You learn from them. And we've all got to kind of digest it together and on this program we bring in the element of prayer more than most broadcasts. and. Just uh, let me know how, you're, how, how, how this is resonating with you. And uh, let's get into the presence of God here and continue talking about these important things. First letter of Peter chapter 5 says this starting in verse 6. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you. Cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, indeed, to you belongs all the dominion, 
To you is all the power, all the glory, and in you is all our trust that this troubling moment of American history, Lord, we come together here to pray and also to help each other just to wrap our minds around what is happening, the absolutely outrageous nature of it, the historical context of it, the ways that we can respond to it, the ways we need to pray about it. Lord, in, in this passage, uh, we think in particular of President Trump and his close associates who are being indicted and dragged through this ridiculous process, all based on falsehoods and fake, uh, uh, fake motives, uh, 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 all out of political rivalry. And we read these comforting words that if we humble ourselves under your mighty hand, you indeed in due time will restore and confirm and exalt and establish us. So Lord, we ask that President Trump hear those words, that he root his confidence in those words. We know, Lord God, how strong he is, how unshakable he is. And we thank you because that's the power of your word at work. That's the power of the word we just heard here that you yourself strengthen us, you yourself exalt us on high when we accept the trials and troubles of this life, then Lord God, we are able best to fight against them. And we know that he does and his associates do. They will not be shaken, neither will we. We will not be deterred, we will not be cast down, we will not relent in any way, shape, or form, or to any degree or extent in our advocacy for freedom, for America, for the truth, for your law, for your kingdom, and for the great policies for which President Trump and his team stand. Lord God, this is an attack on us all, and we will not tolerate it. This is an attack ultimately that is satanic. And as your word has told us in this passage we just read, the devil seeks to destroy. He wants to destroy souls. He wants to destroy faith. He wants to destroy freedom. He wants to destroy human life. He wants to destroy marriage and the family. He wants to enjoy the prosperity and the security that we are supposed to enjoy under good governance. Satan wants to destroy all that. And therefore, right now, he finds a very useful tool in the Democrat Party and in the Marxist operators who are carrying out this assault on President Trump, which is an assault on America itself. Lord God, we ask that in this election cycle, people will, will wake up and rally. This is no longer even a, a matter of a contest between candidates. This is a moment when we have to rally around America itself. Help us, Lord, to shift our mindset about this election and to do what is right. And may we, voters who are patriots, citizens who are believers and citizens of the kingdom of heaven, may we, by our active turnout in this 2024 election, so overwhelm the votes and whatever fraud there may be coming from the radical Marxist left, that we send them a stinging rebuke and make them politically vanish from our sight. Lord God, that's what we need. That's what we beg of you tonight. When two or three gather in your name and they ask and they agree on anything, you will grant it to us. And we know, Lord God, that this is in accordance with your will. 
with your truth, with your justice, with your love for freedom, and therefore we ask it boldly and confidently, let our political enemies go into political oblivion, and Lord God, let it happen soon. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, I would usually be of the mind that, hey, you know, it's healthy in a republic like ours to have different political parties battling it out. Yeah, well, if you're talking about people who all love America and agree on the ideals of freedom and maybe have different ideas about how to implement different policies, I mean, I can remember a time when it was essentially like that. It's not that anymore. We've got to change our whole mental framework about this election. This is about rallying around the country itself because the Democrats no longer love the country. Looking forward to Mark Levin's book coming out in a few weeks. The Democrat Party Hates America. I've mentioned it to you many times before. Make sure you pre-order it right now because and read every page of it. It's a thick book. It's well-documented. It's not just a rant. It's a, it's a well-researched, serious piece of, of work that can make a tremendous impact on this election and should make a tremendous impact on each one of us as we all fight for the various issues that we're concerned about. I'm in the arena of right to life, as you know. Uh, but, but none of this, all of this is under attack by the people like Fannie Willis, by the people like Jack Smith, by the people like Alvin Bragg, who have taken otherwise legitimate processes of governance and law enforcement and turned them into political weapons. I want to give a, a, a little historical perspective here and then bring it back to exactly what's happening with Trump and give you some background on Fannie as well. But let me go, I like, did a little research here. Regimes that arrest their political prisoners, and this, by, this is just a little fraction. I mean, we, we, we could spend hours and hours just uh, outlining this. But the Nazis, let's look at the Nazis when they were focusing on putting Germans back to work in the midst of the Great Depression. They unleashed attacks on their political opponents as soon as Hitler became the chancellor. So, on the evening of February 27th in 1933, alarms suddenly rang out in the Reichstag, the, 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 like the parliament building, as fire destroyed the main chamber of the building. And Hitler was on the scene within 20 minutes, and he declared, quote, This is a God-given signal. If this fire, as I believe, turns out to be the handiwork of communists, now remember, we've we got to sort of shift, because we're thinking about the communists coming in, taking over America. We've got to shift here for a moment. Hitler was in power, and the communists were their political enemies. Okay, So he said, if this turns out to be the handiwork of communists, then there's nothing that shall stop us now from crushing out this murderous pest with an iron fist. So there's a fire in the building. And right away, Hitler sees an opportunity to use this as a weapon against his political opponents. No evidence yet about how the fire started. Gee, I wonder if um, some unruly behavior on a part of a small fraction of the crowd at the U.S. Capitol could be seized upon by somebody to say, let's use this against our political opponents. Is this not a, a, a frightening parallel? It goes on. So come on the scene that night. The Nazis capture a certain Marinus van der Lubbe, and he confesses to setting the building on fire and insists he was acting alone. Do the Nazis care about that? No, this is too much of an opportunity. Don't let any crisis go to waste, right? Hitler paid no attention to the confession of this man that he had acted alone. 
He saw a chance to get rid of the Nazis' most immediate rival, the communists. So here's what he did. Anyone with ties to the communist party gets arrested. Does that kind of echo in your mind? Anyone with ties to President Trump now gets arrested? Anyone with ties to the January 6th gathering now gets arrested? My goodness. Within days, the Nazis had put 4,000 communists and their leaders into hastily created prisons and concentration camps. And by the end of March, 20,000 had been arrested. And by the end of that summer, more than 100,000 communists, social democrats, union officials, and other people considered by the, by the Hitler regime to be radicals. Were any of them responsible for the fire? The Nazis didn't care about that. Just like now the Democrats, they don't care about who was actually responsible for any kind of violence on January 6th. They don't care. It's a useful tool to suppress their political opponents. They don't care that there's no connection between the 1870 anti-KKK law that was implemented because former slaves were being intimidated against voting. That's one of the laws they invoked in one of these charges against President Trump. It's so ridiculous. That law, by the way, all the yeses were Republican votes, all the noes were Democrat votes, because the, no, the Democrats were right in there, hand in hand with the KKK. They were racist, segregationist. But they don't care that there's no conceivable rational connection between President Trump and an anti-KKK law from 1870. They don't care. That's what we've got to keep in mind. That's why these are 91 charges in four indictments. Two from a federal level, Jack Smith, the disgrace. Two from the state levels, the disgrace, Alan Bragg, the disgrace, Fannie Willis. 91 charges altogether. They don't care if any one of these has any basis in fact or in law. They don't care. Let me go back to the historical perspective here. So, the day after this fire in 1933, um, the president at Hitler's urging, President Hindenburg, issues two emergency decrees to make the arrests, again now there had been some 100,000 arrests of their political opponents, legal. Retroactive to those that had already occurred. Why? For the defense of nation and state. You hear Nancy Pelosi's voice, oh, the defense of democracy. Joe Biden's voice, oh, the MAGA people are a threat to democracy. So the Hitler people say, for the defense of nation and state, and, quote, to combat treason against the German nation and treasonable activities. You hear the Democrats? Insurrection. Listen, this is their playbook. The Democrat Party hates America. This is their playbook. Disgraceful people that they are. Hitler uses the fire to advance his goals. The Democrats use January 6th to advance their goals. They suspended until further notice every part of their constitution that protected personal freedoms because it was necessary to preserve the nation from the, quote, communist menace. Now, a days, it's necessary to preserve the nation from the MAGA, the threat of MAGA. All right, that's the Nazis, Germany. Let's go to China. 
Since the bloody 1989 crackdown on the pro-democracy protests in Tiananmen Square, the Communist Party leadership has consistently jailed political dissidents. Let's get the history clear, friends. When we say these are Nazi tactics, these are communist tactics, these are Marxist tactics, we're not, this is not just blowing steam. This is not just rhetoric. Look at the history. So China under Xi Jinping, this regime has rapidly expanded the scope of its repressive activities, affecting lawyers, journalists, bloggers. Okay, now we're seeing a pattern here too. Social communications being shut down. Bloggers, women's advocates, minority rights campaigners, and religious believers. Oh, does this echo at all to what's happening in America today? People being detained, placed under house arrest. Anybody thinking about Mark Houck and his this prayerful pro-life father of a, of, a, of a large family, his wife and children being greeted in the morning with drawn guns by FBI agents. People formally sentenced to prison under the Chinese or who just mysteriously disappear. Now, let me give you a couple of examples. The country's most prominent political prisoner was someone by the name of Liu Xiaobo, a Nobel Peace Prize winner died recently after serving eight years in prison. Imprisoned for what? Now listen to these words, because this is critically important. And again, you compare it to what's going on with President Trump and his associates. Imprisoned for thinking and writing in ways that challenge Communist Party leadership. Thinking and writing. Oh, I made a call to, to, into Georgia. Uh, you know, let, let's, uh, I, I'm just behind 11,000 votes. We need to see if we can find those votes. He didn't say invent the votes. He didn't say fabricate the votes. He was saying make sure every vote is counted. Thinking and writing. Do you have a right to think in America that an election might have a, maybe a problem in the outcome? Maybe there was fraud. Maybe I want to just raise some questions. Do we have a right to ask these questions? Of course we do. But no, now we're, being, we're behaving more like China now. This man was imprisoned, this uh, Liu Xiaobo, for what he thought and wrote. Another one, Liu Ping, a member of the New Citizens Movement, which called for greater government transparency, called for stronger safeguards against corruption. Oh, we have an opponent of corruption, don't we, in President Trump. So this man in China was sentenced to six and a half years in prison. His new citizens movement was banned and he was in prison, quote, for picking quarrels and provoking troubles. And listen to this, gathering a crowd to disrupt public order and using a cult to undermine law enforcement. Wow, if the parallels aren't amazing to what these deluded Democrats say today and are charging in these 91 charges under four indictments, two on the federal level, two on the state level, coming against President Trump. No basis whatsoever, just a concocted political ideological opposition. Another man, Hu Shigen, who served a 16-year prison term for circulating information 
about state violence during the Tiananmen Square massacre. In 2016, he was sentenced to another seven and a half years for, quote, subversion of state power. Insurrection, anyone? Possibly connected to his role, get this, as an underground church elder. Oh, the parallels are incredible. And then finally, Dandup Wanchen, a Tibetan filmmaker, served a six-year prison sentence from 2008 to 2014 as a result of a documentary film. Documentary film, phone call, a speech. This is all the same thing. Criminalizing what is a basic... Not just a constitutional right. We think of our American Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the First Amendment. Friends, we got to think of this too, just on a one level deeper. It's a human right. The freedom to think, the freedom to express your thoughts, the freedom to use the modern means of technology to express those thoughts. This, in this man's case, it was a documentary. In the case of uh, President Trump, he used speeches, he used social media. We all use social media to one extent or another, and, 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 and we see the effort to, uh, in collusion with the Biden administration, collusion with the Democrats, the government pressuring, the evidence has come out, now it's clear, pressuring the social media companies, hey, get this post down, this is gonna cause us political trouble, suppress that Hunter Biden laptop story, Have we heard enough? Fannie Willis, what kind of disgrace are we dealing with here? Let me just read a few facts about her. Because now we've got the modern incarnation of this Hitler and China stuff. Okay, Fannie, she's a Democrat activist. Now don't people, don't, listen, don't listen to what the left says. Oh, we got to apply the law. They make themselves seem so virtuous. They're radical and corrupt. She's the Democrat activist who endorsed and fundraised for the Democrat opponent of a Republican Georgia state senator who was a target of one of her criminal investigations. No, I, I, you fundraise and endorse the opponent of the person you're investigating? Should this be allowed? Her, her prior partisan activity, furthermore, disqualified her from investigating an election witness. State, Republican State Senator Bert Jones. A judge said she was disqualified from hosting a campaign fundraiser for Jones' political opponent. These people are, you know, they can't help themselves. You just dig a little bit into these are scratch below the surface. You ask, who are these people? And you find this, this stuff. It's not hard to find. She's using, furthermore, has used, is using the Trump indictment for her own political fundraising. So let me read a little bit of this. On the eve of her anticipated indictment of President Trump, she actually launched her new 2023 re-election campaign website. Oh, let me make use of my newfound fame. Oh, now I'm in the spotlight. First time most people ever heard her name, right? 
While the nation awaits the results of her office's more than two-year investigation into alleged attempts by former President Trump and his allies to overturn Georgia's 2020 election results, Fulton County DA Fannie Willis has launched a new fundraising website. This is from the Atlanta News. Atlanta News first, just from uh, a week or two ago. Her office leaked a charging sheet against President Trump and tainted the jury pool. We talked about this yesterday. And uh, Jim Jordan in Congress, the the Judiciary Committee, brought attention to the timing of this. Why were these charges released ahead of the vote by the grand jury? That's absolutely, you can't make this stuff up. It's absolutely outrageous. Fannie Willis furthermore bragged to left-wing media outlets about her efforts to take down Trump. She appeared repeatedly nearly 40 times on left-wing TV shows and media outlets throughout her investigation. So what are you doing, Fannie? Are you investigating crime or are you putting on a political circus and, and, and trying to accumulate power for yourself? What are you doing? you got to decide. It's got to be one or the other. But this nonsense is absolutely intolerable in America. She brags to national media outlets. Rachel Maddow show, there's another disgrace for you. This is, a, this is an impartial enforcement of the law. Oh yeah, right. Her campaign account, her campaign account, Willis, tweets a political cartoon promoting her investigation of President Trump. This was July of of last year, after subpoenaing a multitude of high-profile witnesses. She tweets a political, a biased political cartoon depicting her fishing for a recently subpoenaed witness who appeared in the cartoon as a fish in the swamp. What is this? She raised a vast majority of her campaign funds by promoting her election investigation on social media. Nearly 75% of her entire contributions came in the immediate aftermath of her tweets promoting the investigation. Now, those are her political activities. Looking at the family, it's a family steeped in hate. She is the daughter of a former Black Panther. Her investigation, furthermore, has been compromised by unethical conduct and political bias. She has been uh, rebuked by uh, Fulton County Superior Court judges ordering that any of the the grand jury's uh, recommendations on who might be prosecuted must remain secret for now. Since the grand jury investigation was one-sided, it was very limited due process. And her investigation And again, this is a point we looked at yesterday that Jordan brought up in his letter to her. Waited two and a half years before taking the public spotlight like this. Timed to interfere with the 2024 presidential election. She has a troubling history of politically motivated decisions. This is, she refused, for example, after Roe v. Wade was overturned, to prosecute Abortion cases. She put her own political agenda above the law. Not the only one. The Democrats are like that. And then, under her, violent crime has exploded in Atlanta. And on and on it goes. You can look this up yourself. 
Fannie Willis, look, we're dealing with what has been described as a kitchen sink set of indictments. 91 charges using, like I mentioned before about the 1870 Ku Klux Klan law. This is ridiculous. Just throwing all these things from all different sides. Let's see what happens because we only got to get one conviction. And you what? And what do you think is the likelihood of a conviction on one of these things? Well, look at the jury pools in Washington D.C. in 2016. You know what percentage of the vote President Trump got? 4.1 percent. Not 40. Not 14. Four. And in 2020, well, it improved a little bit. Five. Five percent of the vote. So, in other words, the jury pool of anybody chosen for a jury to deal with a case against President Trump in the Washington, D.C., and two of these indictments come out of D.C., is 19 to 1 odds against him. You look at Fulton County, where the disgrace Willis is, and up in New York, where the disgrace Bragg is, it's 3 to 1 against Trump. We're talking about the makeup of the jury pool being pro-Trump or anti-Trump, based on those who voted for or against him. We are looking at corruption right in our faces. And we are looking at, and and you know, I don't even call it anymore hypocrisy. It is what Dan Bongino calls hierarchy. It's it's just, I call it tyranny. It's just these people have power and they want to throw it in your face. And they don't care about optics, PR, High, moral high ground anymore. They don't care anything about show. You know, and that's why we have to fight back. I said this yesterday. I'll say it again. We have to fight back in the way that this war, this assault on us deserves. And 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 do what has to be done, and not worry, be be worrying about optics or taking moral high ground. I mean, we're always moral. What I'm saying is, you don't you don't just make the optics a, a deciding factor in what you're actually going to do about all this. Now, they're saying President Trump and his associates objected to the election results of 2020. Well, of course, we all have the right to do that, and many of us did do that. Look at Stacey Abrams. The Democrats do it all the time. You see Stacey Abrams getting indicted, and yet why did she 33 times claim that she won the election for governor of Georgia? Did the DA bring her in? How about Maxine Waters? Another disgrace. She objected to the two election, the Florida votes going to uh, Bush, G.W. Bush, instead of Gore. She objected. Well, she wasn't indicted for it. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, another disgrace. Al Gore has won the state of Florida. And he had alternate electors, by the way. As the race was tilting towards George W. Bush, well, you know, it's so close, we'll have alternate electors anyway. So the Democrats can say this stuff. And get away with it. Republicans, oh no, no, it becomes a crime. That's why this whole thing is a genuine threat, my friends, to the rule of law. And we're looking at the fruit of a corruption that Obama is largely responsible for. Those 51 intelligence officers who signed the letter saying that the Hunter laptop was likely Russian disinformation, they knew that was false. To get 51 people who are or were intelligence officers in the United States federal government to sign a letter like that knowing it was false? This is is Obama. This is his corruption 
of our justice system. And Hillary Clinton, fact, it was a fact, brothers and sisters, that she had secure documents in her house. It was a fact that she deleted emails that had been subpoenaed by Congress, a fact that she had staff destroy with hammers phones that contained information. If that's not obstruction of justice, could you please tell me what is? Friends, these are the things that, like I said at the beginning, you know, you've heard so much of this before. So have I. But you know what? This is a lot to absorb. I find for myself, and I'd love to hear what your experience is, that you got to go over this stuff again and again and again. And we've got to repeat it to our fellow citizens again and again and again and again. You know, people hear something new. You've you got to hear something 7, 10, 12 times before you really start to absorb it and think about it and then get motivated to what I hope you're doing is what I do when I listen to commentators talking about this stuff. I'll take some notes or I'll re-watch the, the podcast and re-listen to it again. And I'll say, okay, you know what? I'm going to take this little fact or this little thing and I'm going to go do some more research on it on my own. And we all have more tools to research these things than humanity has ever had at its fingertips before, right? I want to encourage you to do this. And it's like a big, 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 it's like a gigantic puzzle. And there are so many different pieces to this. And, you know, we try to get the most accurate information possible. We try to piece it all together. And then we try to take a step back and look at the whole pattern that's being formed by the puzzle. This requires going back over it again and again and again. Absorbing it, thinking about it, talking about it with others, watching programs like this. Then going and doing some of our own research, just go online and use whatever search tools you like to use and, 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 and find out more about it. There's all kinds of great articles out there, commentate, look, listen to some of the great podcasts that are out there along with mine. And it's like, we've got to be putting this stuff together because we have got to master this so that we can be confident in talking to our, our friends, our fellow believers, our, our, our fellow citizens, our fellow voters. We've got to get, the ultimate end game here is we've got to get our fellow voters voting on this stuff getting these Democrats completely out of power. And the thing is, when you do take a step back and you look at all of this, what you find out is the Democrat Party hates America and this election has become, it has boiled itself down to one question. Do we want to keep the America that we know and love? This is not hyperbole. This is not metaphor. Do we want to keep the America we've come to know and love? That's it. President Trump has become a, a, the lightning rod, but it's about the America we love where you don't weaponize justice, where you don't imprison your political opponents where you don't engage in this kind of partisan prosecutorial misconduct and election interference. You don't! We've got people who are trying to nullify our vote. You talk about stealing the election. It's not just about ballots and machines. It's about making your political opponent a political prisoner. 
got to stop. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to think about these things, to talk about these things, but most of all, Lord God, to pray about these things. So we ask your blessings upon President Trump, upon his associates like Rudy Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, and Mark Meadows, and just so many great Americans. These are patriots, believers, great people. And Lord God, we thank you for each and every one of them. We, we, Lord, we, 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 we pray that those who are doing this will stop. Those who are prosecuting and in a Marxist fashion, acting like the Chinese, acting like Hitler, that they'll stop. Stop this, Lord God, for us. Stop this for our children, for America. Meanwhile, Lord, let us wrap our minds around this. Give us the, the discipline to keep going back and studying this and gathering information and talking with one another and listening to experts. and Just help us, Lord. Help us navigate this. Help us to absorb all the details, but then, Lord, help us to simplify it for others and just, just express very clearly what is going on. It's Marxist tyranny. Your word, however, stands for freedom. Your word, in which our founders believed, brings us freedom. And therefore, we stand on that word. And we proclaim that word. We thank you for that word. And now we pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, I can't tell you how encouraging it is for me to be with you each evening. I hope my reflections are a blessing to you. Let me know. Give me feedback. I appreciate all the positive comments that come in. And again, I appreciate hearing how, how you're navigating all of this. And uh, we'll help each other. We will get through all of this. America can still be saved. But our time is running out. And the battle is more fierce than ever before. We're not imagining it. We're not the crazy ones. They are. Let's keep our sanity. Let's keep our faith. Let's keep in this battle. God bless you all. We will talk to you tomorrow. Hello, I'm Evangelist Alveda King. Our team at Priest for Life produces many books, pamphlets, audio and video presentations, and other resources to help you protect the unborn. I invite you today to visit our online store at ProLifeProducts.org and see the many helpful resources you can get for yourself, your pro-life group, and your church. God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.